This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to Revolution Church's Meet Your Congregation. It is me, Caleb, along with Pastor Jay Baker. Hello, Jay. Hello. Funny seeing you here, Jay. <laughs> just walking by. <laughs> and you just have to pop in for Meet Your Congregation. And today we have a longtime uh, in-person congregation member, Amanda Odland. Hello, Amanda. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Little, little tired. Had a restless uh, little one last night, oh, but no. I'm doing all right. Yeah, that'll that'll do it, won't it? I, 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 Milo, my son, sleeps pretty well through the night, but uh, but um, Minnie, like, will just all of a sudden wake up at like mm. two or three in the morning, or if I'm out studying or something, you know, because I go to bed at seven. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I'll just. I want an apple juice, or mm. I want you know. <laughs> kids are a lot of fun, but they can also wear you out mm-hmm. for sure. But they're super cute, so that helps. Yeah, that that's kind of Ava's time lately, like two two thirty, and then I'll get her to go back to sleep, and then sometimes she'll stay awake or stay asleep, and then sometimes you know she'll wake up at five, and I'm like, okay, just. Just come in, snuggle in our bed, because I'm not going to go through the whole <laughs> bedtime routine at 5 in the morning. Yeah. But thank goodness there's coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. And we should say for our listeners that uh, your husband is Brian Odland, um, and yes. you are you two are the uh, two of the co-founders of the Sacred Collective. Um, yes, we are. Which is something of a, uh, some sort of a relative, I believe, of Revolution Church, maybe a, a, a sister um, uh, mission or, or sister something or another. Um, but yeah, so we have a lot of crossover here in the uh, Twin Cities areas, with people who attend both Revolution and Sacred Collective, and uh, you are one of them. So how long have you and Brian been going to the... Uh, to Revolution, to the physical uh, Bryant Lake Bowl location? Hmm, I feel like it's been... A long time. <laughs> at least four years. Because mm-hmm. uh, I remember one of the first times we started going is when Brian was doing his doctorate and yep. was wanting to interview Jay and yeah. just so nervous. I'm like, oh, do you think he'll say yes? And... <laughs> Uh, and then I remember within the coming months, uh, Jay, we went over to your house for dinner oh, yeah. and, and, and Minnie was still in the womb. So it had, to, and our girls are very close very in age. Cl- so it had days. to have been, yeah, yeah, very close. So it had to have been, you know, maybe four-ish yeah. years ago, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Cause I mean, me and Brian did his thing. I think we did his thing over at Morrissey's pub. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right down the yeah. street there. Yeah. And you, you were also raised uh, Assemblies of God, weren't you, Amanda? Yes. Yes, yeah. I was uh, out in South Dakota. In South Dakota. Yes. Cool. And you went to North Central Bible College, right? I did. My I did go there. On the water. Yeah, that's right. And that's also where I met Brian. I met him about a month before he graduated. So our paths just, just barely crossed. Wow. I didn't realize it was you guys met that. Right before he graduated, sounds like a yeah. God thing. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's where that's where my parents met too. So yeah, met at that college as well. Yeah, mm, double. I God exist thing. because of. So we, we, 
I was we weren't going for the uh, ring by spring. So <laughs> back then, though, they would um, often. Uh, back when my parents got married, they didn't want students to get married. Oh, Isn't that weird? That is kind of weird. Yeah, and now that's like suggested. I yeah. think. Huh. It it was a ring by spring. Six years later. Yes. Okay. <laughs> ring by spring. Yes. That's funny. So Amanda, um, going from Assembly's God, obviously, to uh, Revolution, and then you also attend uh, a UCC church, uh, St. Mm-hmm. Paul's UCC church. Um, so obviously, there's a bit of a theological and worldview shift involved there, going from um, Assemblies of God to somewhere uh, so mainline like the UCC. If, if people aren't familiar with UCC, it's just very similar to Disciples of Christ. Considering Christ, as I was saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> United Church of Christ. Yes. Uh, which is similar to the Disciples of Christ and the, um, what is it, the United Church of Canada? Is that the oh, Sister yeah, Church of I Canada? Oh, yeah, about those yeah, yeah, so um, so I know that, that you yourself are a little bit more moderate, maybe, than uh, than your husband, um, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. And I, I, I just, I love when relationships can thrive and there's mutual respect between people who aren't just echo chambers. Um, so can you give us maybe a little bit of insight into how your personal theology and worldview has shifted from how you were raised to, to where you're at right now? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like you said, I, I grew up in the Assemblies of God. Um, I think pretty much, you know, since I was a baby, the church that I grew up in, um, going to out in South Dakota, we, we started going there when I was five. Um, and then went up there all the way through high school. Uh, and so, and so for me, I know Brian has spoken before about not having some, some very good experiences with his particular church. Um, some might have been theology, some might have been certain people. Um, I wasn't as much of a questioner as Brian was mm. growing up, probably until not even college, probably even after college, which okay. incidentally is when I met Brian. So I think <laughs> those two go hand in hand. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I had really great experiences. And since I went there pretty much my whole childhood and uh, it's in a small town of about 13,000 people. So you see these people, you know, there's one middle school, one high school in town. So all your friends from church, you're going to school with them. You're growing up with these people and they become family. Yeah. Uh, and so, so yeah, I was at North Central for a few years and, and I honestly think it was more, uh, when, when I might have either had some, some more difficult things, you know, happen in my life, like my parents getting um, divorced my freshman year of college mm-hmm. and um, and then meeting Brian a few years later and kind of that outspoken questioning part of Brian that that he does have yeah. kind of rubbing off on me. <laughs> and I've told Brian, I said, to be honest, I I really didn't like him when I first <laughs> met him. I'm like, this guy just has like this like chip on his shoulder and he just seems like. It's Rebel him Yale. against the world. And <laughs> and yes, he had reasons of, you know, going through some things, sure. you know, himself at that time. Personal but dark I, times going on. But then. yeah, I like to remind him sometime that, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of you when we first met. But <laughs> That's hilarious. things have changed. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I really feel like after college, uh, yeah, I was, you know, working part time, had my own apartment 
Um, I ended up moving back to South Dakota for about a year and a half just because I couldn't get enough hours at work, couldn't afford my apartment and, you know, just cost in the cities. And it was easier to, you know, kind of move back home for a bit, work more, save up some money. And um, I feel like I feel like a lot of my spiritual I don't know if I would say growth, but spiritual change during that time um, really did change just because you you've been away and then you're kind of back in that environment that you grew up. So you can kind of see things uh, with different eyes. And, you know, when you're officially, you know, a quote unquote adult, then, right. you know, you're, you're kind of thinking more things for yourself. And, and I mean, Brian and I had, you know, great conversations, you know, while living 500 miles apart. And I think a lot of those uh, really helped to see that it's okay to question things. Yeah. Because I feel like in the church, um, whether it was actually spoken or an unspoken rule is, you know, don't question things because if you question things and, mm-hmm. you know, your faith is going to waver and you're going right. to have doubt and doubt only lets room for, you know, sin and the devil yeah. and weakness and right. all this stuff to come through. Which I feel like is really, truly just encouraging to mm-hmm. suppress the questions because questioning things, you can't help but have the questions arise in your right. head. You know, you're really more so encouraged to 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 suppress them and and to right. brush them under the rug. And it was almost like a don't question authority, yeah. you know, type thing. You know, the pastor has studied, you know, all these years, you know, went to school for this and the Bible says this. So, you know, don't question it because you're going to open Pandora's box of then you're going to question everything mm. and, you know, it's going to rub off on any everyone else. But uh, but yeah, I feel like. I feel like, yeah, I started questioning things in a good way. And I feel like doubt is actually a good thing. And I told Brian, I said, when we first started dating, uh, and then also, you know, when we got married, I said, if neither of us didn't have even a single moment of doubt, I wouldn't have wanted to be in that relationship. Because if there's something that's really important to you, you need to have a little bit of doubt, whether it's Mm. one second or 10 years of doubt or cold feet or something of figuring out. Um, Cause then you really need to think about uh, what you believe and how you interpret or view things is, is really how you do and not how others have told you to. Right. Uh, and so that had really changed. And then of course, when I moved back to Minnesota and Brian and I started hanging out more and then, you know, dating, engaged, married and everything, then uh, we both really felt like how we grew up isn't necessarily uh, where we were at the moment. And Mm. I think it was probably, uh, yeah, it was two years after we got married before we found the UCC and became members of that church. And so we didn't even really have a denomination that we were part of. We didn't Mm. even really go to church those couple years because we just didn't know what to do and, you know, mm-hmm. where to go, literally and figuratively. So you were ass of God, no church, and then UCC? Yes, wow. exactly. <laughs> Was it weird, like the shift? I know for me, because growing up as Simpsons of God, I know any time I would either... Well, first of all, I remember the first time I went to a Catholic church, I was just like, what is this? Yeah, right. <laughs> and Very even disorienting. the mainline churches, they seemed really different. You know what I mean? yeah. Yeah, it was different. I I think the only experience that I remember having of churches that weren't Assemblies of God or Pentecostal 
uh, churches was, uh, I remember one time I was allowed to sleep over at a good friend's house, a group of us um, girls on a Saturday night because their parents were taking everyone to church the next morning and it was a Lutheran church. Right. Um, so I was probably about 12. That was the first time. And then I've been to some weddings and funerals at a Catholic church and that's, or Stations of the Cross for Easter once. That's my only experience with, so I was at the Catholic Church, but that was my only experience prior to that of um, any other types of denominations. And I think the part that took me a while to get used to is the style and format, because in a lot of churches like the Assemblies of God, you know, you might start with a song, then you might have some announcements and you do all your worship songs yeah. and then you have your sermon and then you have a closing worship song and then either an altar call or prayer or just a quiet, mm. quiet time after. Yeah. Yeah. And in the, in the UCC, um, you know, they would have, they would have music and then do announcements and then they would have some liturgy and, um, just different scripture readings and and then the sermon and then the music was just kind of kind of spread throughout the service and so I think just that format and having um, having the liturgy and scripture that you would say together mm-hmm. you know in your in your bulletin it it took a little while to get used to yeah could you like, um, repeat and talk about yeah. It? And then like the standing up and down and it, yeah. it notates in there with like a little asterisk, like, oh, stand if you are able and, and, you know, having it's that. And, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we didn't have any of that growing up. And yes, we, we did sing a fair amount of hymns, but there's a lot of other worship courses, more contemporary, like worship songs in the AG and, and, and it feels like it's a good fit because as a kid, my favorite songs were always the hymns, even right. as like a little child. Or, I mean, back then we would go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, Wednesday night, and then there's there was like a Friday or Saturday night prayer service. So even as a kid on a Sunday night, I would be looking through the hymnal and I would just be looking through and reading the words and and. It felt weird at first, but then when I thought about it more, how a lot of churches have, um, I forget the term for it, but basically the, the order of if you want to follow, this is, this is the scripture readings for this week. Uh-huh. Um, and if you think about it, that there are people all over the world. Oh, the lectionary, yeah. Yeah, the lectionary, yes. Thank you. That all over the world are, um, have have the same liturgy, are singing the same hymns, are hearing hearing a sermon about the same topic, and it's a way that's connecting you to other people. Right. Uh, and just the aesthetics of of going in the sanctuary with with the stained glass, and you know, looking really closely and seeing the stories that it's telling, and how early on in and just the history of the world it was oral tradition of how things were communicated or if it was something like through through an image where people could look and see what it was and so something like that is also it's a way of connecting you back you know multiple generations of people where that was their way to communicate of listening to something or seeing something because they didn't have Mm -hmm. the option of, of reading something or have anything to read um, for that matter. And so 
And so, yeah, I mean, it once we once we went to the UCC, because uh, there was a a friend of Brian's um, at Bethel Seminary who recommended the denomination to us. I mean, we instantly felt like it was the right place for us. And um, this the first Sunday we went, it happened to be a new member Sunday. So there was like five other new families that were joining. And so they were up front and they just had them briefly say uh, if they came from any other type of church background before or not and kind of you know, why they feel like this is a good place and what drew to them. And every single one of those either didn't have a church background at all or came from completely different denominations. Right. And so just just seeing the, the diversity and, you know, the welcomeness of of different diverse backgrounds, not just different denominations, but people who grew up without going to church at all. And it, it just really felt like it was, you know, a good fit for us and and it was nice because even through college, I didn't have like a home church just because we had to go to chapel five days a week. And so I'm already going to church, right. you know, five days a week. And <laughs> it just it just kind of felt like burnout. And then, you know, with things going on with my family and then you're away from home for the first time and just all those changes that, um, you know, I just didn't really see church outside of chapel time mm-hmm. as as something that would benefit me. It seemed more of something that would be a burnout for me. And so, sure, yeah, probably and redundant so, yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, there was a lot of change, and and yeah, and then we started um, once Brian found out. He told me he's like, oh, guess what? He's like, you know who Jay Baker is, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, he's moving to the Twin Cities. <laughs> Wouldn't it be so cool if I like got to like meet him or like collaborate some kind of like ministry with him? Like, I don't think that would ever happen, but (laughs) don't you think that would be so cool? And then just so many months later, we're having we're having dinner together and, you know, watching our kids play together. So it's just crazy how things how things progress. But but yeah, just with having uh, revolution, too, it's something that's been really nice to have not only the in-person, but to be able to, to listen to it because uh, not right now with, with the stay-at-home orders, but uh, before I, I had to work every Sunday. And so for the past yeah, year, typically right. I've had to work every Sunday, so I couldn't go to either church service. And when I started that job, because I just worked part-time on the weekends, that was literally the only shift they had available. And so I'm like, hey, if I need money, that's the only one I can I can take for now. And so it's been nice to have the option to listen online. Mm, very cool. Uh, so then that way you can still feel connected. And, you know, just with with the presence on, on social media, being able to not only hear, but be able to see pictures and video posted and and things like that, then you can feel like you're there. And I think more so a lot of people are finding that connectiveness with technology now. I mean, like we're doing now a Skype call where Mm. if, or if people need it for work or school of doing Skype or zoom meetings that, um, that you can still find those ways to, to connect with people, even if you can't physically be there. Totally. That's great. And we're all in Minnesota right now. Yeah. But we can't, we're not supposed to co-mingle. Um, <laughs> we can open the window and yell at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just talk a little I'm bit I'm coming out. Step away from the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, Amanda, we, we usually wrap these things up by asking the old question, what can we do better? What can we improve on? What would you like to see more of, less of, or anything brand new that we've not done? Uh, I know that you're, you're pretty uh, social media savvy, maybe if you have any ideas in, in, in that area. Or if you just want to shower us with compliments because we're so awesome, you can, uh, <laughs> you can do that too if you want. Well, always, you know, of course, we could go on and out about you two fine gentlemen. Um, um, I don't know. I know this is something, Caleb, that you and I and Brian have talked about. Um, I'm not sure if you guys do it for Revolution, but I know we've talked about for Sacred Collective of having uh, like setting up a phone number where people can call Mm. and 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 kind of asking them the same question or asking them almost like a little mini condensed version of this of kind of um you know what what do you what do you like about this what don't you like do you have a topic you really love do you have something that really just bothers you and is getting under your skin that you need to just you know tell us or anything like that um because yeah there's a lot of podcasts i've listened to where they have like the kind of like call in Mm -hmm. you know type things um but i mean i think that would be that would be something kind of cool. Even if there was a bunch of people that was like, well, I don't like that you did this. And I don't like that. Yeah. If you're like, well, we're just going to have a negative Nancy episode. <laughs> and welcome to Revolution. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. Would you, um, just picking your brain a little bit, would you see that mm-hmm. as like tacking it on the end of a service type thing? Or like uh, just making it maybe available on, on Facebook or something? or? Yeah, you could uh, do do something like on the end of a service or if you had enough, you could just do a whole, you know, kind of like podcast episode or something of that. Or, um, yeah, because you could do it on social media. I feel like a lot of times when people have something to say, it doesn't always translate as well when you're writing it on the computer. Yeah, because you can't really tell people's tone Mm. or, you know, but. If you hear their voice, it's, it's a little easier. And I mean, we've all read the comment sections on Facebook and Instagram, especially Twitter. And some right. things may have not been meant a certain way, but that's how it comes out. And then you have a hundred replies to it. And right, that's true. The phone is an interesting idea. Yeah, I like I, that. I did a remember, gosh, fifteen, ten, fifteen years ago, longer than that, fifteen at least years ago. Charisma Magazine did a, an article on Revolution Church. Oh. It must have been longer than 15 years ago. And for six months in the magazine, they had letters to the editor about our article. No Every month shit. a new one would come out wow. and be like, the devil has entered the church through tattoos. Wow. And blah, blah. Oh, yeah. No way. We ended up, we, had, we used to have this book that we took to all the shows and everything with us. Just articles that have been done by, through, by uh, about us, and you could flip through them and read them. We had all the comments wow. from those in the very beginning. That's mm. hilarious. But yeah, phone one would be cool, especially if you could play the audio. Yeah, that's great. And we if it was easily, really bad, you could just yeah. cut the name out. You, could easily you know, that, that, that could be a next book idea, just all the negative comments and trolls from Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> just have it in a book format. <laughs> yeah, don't even defend yourself. Don't even like put your side of the story. Just put all the trolls... All yeah. the negative comments. It's like those create your own stories. It's like turn to this page. Yeah. What happens next? <laughs> That's hilarious. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time, Amanda. Yeah, thank thanks. you so yes, much. Thank you. And um, just for a little plug, if you want to hear more, Amanda, check out the Sacred Collective podcast. Um, uh, anything else you want to plug, Amanda? You got your. Um, uh, you got your. Um, 
I'm sorry, I'm spacing on the name of it. The uh, attic. Uh, the misfit attic. Misfit misfit attic. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've taken a little break from that, but I've re- recently got some uh, new supplies and and machines and stuff to to make some more product. But basically, I've been doing a lot of upcycling type things, just you know, remaking things. Because as a kid, I I always kept every little thing and thought, well, what if I still need it? Um, and so. Yeah, I'll I'll probably be posting more stuff in the near future, mainly on my Instagram page, which is just um, the Misfit Attic, mm-hmm. um, and trying to get more things um, to sell either online, um, whether it's you know through Instagram or Etsy or anything like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of the stuff I did before was more individual, um, unique things. But I'm going to try to do more, you know, somewhat. I don't know if mass produce is the right word, but just so it's a lot of similar things instead of just a bunch of random things. But cool. um, yeah, I'll be posting soon. If anyone wants to check any, any of the things out on Instagram, just to kind of see what it's about, you know, feel free. Cool. At the oh. misfit attic and, or yes, is it the misfit attic? Yeah. The misfit at attic, the misfit attic mm-hmm. at sacred MN and at Amanda Adlin with a A D. So three A's in a row. Amanda. Yes. <laughs> Oddland. Yes. Yes. It's so. an odd land. It's an odd land. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again so much for your time, Amanda. And I'm sure I'll probably talk to you like later today or tomorrow or something. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank, thank you. you. All right. Bye. See you, Amanda. Bye. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. If you enjoyed this show, you might also like The Sacred Collective. Carol knew I was gay, and I started falling in love with her, and it became pretty clear to me that I was falling in love with her. So I went to another nun and said, I don't know what to do because I'm falling in love. And uh, I and she was a counselor. And I said, I, I really like her. I'd like to, and she said, what would you like to do? And I said, well, I'd like to tell her. And because she's the director over me, she's the person I'd go to who helps me make decisions, discern parts of my life. That would be a normal thing to tell her this. But I'm afraid that by doing that, I'd lose the great friendship we've already got. Because she might say, as another nun, oh, geez, you know, we need to probably put some space between us. And maybe we shouldn't be living in the same house with all these other sisters. Maybe you should live in a different house or whatever. So I was, so my, the counselor said, well, what would you like to do? And I said, well, I'd like to tell her, but I'm afraid of what will happen if I do. Sorry, could that have gotten you, so that could not have gotten you, like, kicked out? No, because I wasn't doing anything wrong. Right. You know, Uh but, but it would be. So preference couldn't, Preference couldn't get you. I don't know what the, not kicked out. I don't know what the term is. No, at that time, um, like I was, I was open with the people that were deciding whether or not I could even start out sure, becoming okay. a sister, which okay. I did start out, and uh-huh. I said, yeah, you know, I'm uh-huh. gay and uh-huh. I'm cool with that. And they were like, well, you know, you need to be celibate. And I was like, right, I know okay, that. Oh, hello. I mean, you know, most. I mean, at that time, you would know that people who are nuns. So um, there would be some communities who wouldn't want you, mm-hmm. but. This one was was okay, okay with that, you know, and it doesn't mean every single little old nun was, but in general, you know, it's like fine as long as you're celibate right. and you're able to live it, cool. And so, so this nun says, 
well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to tell her, but I'm afraid what will happen if I do. And she said, well, do you want to go through your life making decisions based on your choice of what you want to do or based on the fear of what will happen if you do what you want to do? To continue the conversation, find us on social media at SacredMN. That was a post-Christian podcast. (laughs) 